Welcome to the Fit and Fulfilled Podcast. My name is Kushbu and I am your host. I am a nutritionist, life coach, and founder of the wellness consulting business, K-Way. On this podcast, we chat all things physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual health to ensure you thrive from the inside out in order to create a more joyous and fulfilling life. Grab a cup of coffee, bottle of kombucha, or a glass of wine, and let's chat. Welcome back to another episode of the Fit and Fulfilled podcast. Not so fun fact, this is actually the second time I'm having to record this episode because when I was listening back to the first recording, the sound quality wasn't the greatest. So here we go again. Let's try it out and hope for the best. And on another fun fact is that this is actually episode 25. I cannot believe we are 25 episodes in and I just feel like I'm getting started But anyways, if you are a long-time listener, I'm so grateful to you tuning in. And if you're a new listener, welcome, and I hope you stick around. I'm actually quite excited about today's episode as it combines three of my main passions, nutrition, the process of manifestation, and personal development, and how they all go hand in hand together. I'm going to dive into it later in the episode, but for the time being, I've currently cut out refined sugar from my diet, and it's benefited me way beyond just the physical. We often look at different habits in isolation, but the reality is is that how we do one thing is how we do everything. In other words, our habits have a domino effect on each other because of how we show up and also given their effect on us as individuals. For example, if you tend to send unprofessional emails with lots of typos, you're likely careless in other areas of life. If you tend to shy away from meeting new people, there are probably other areas in your life that you stick in your comfort zone. On the flip side, take someone who is conscious about reading more. I bet that growth mindset shows up in so many other areas of his or her life too. Or let's say someone typically initiates plans in his or her social group. Chances are that person tends to take on a leadership role at work too. Going with this idea that how you do one thing is how you do everything, we can actually use certain areas of our lives to strengthen certain character traits that can serve us across the board, such as our level of courage, discipline, faith, integrity, optimism, and so forth. I'm currently in the middle of this book called Obliquity by the economist John Kay. The premise of this book is the notion that our goals are best achieved through indirect solutions. And in this book, John Kay highlights that the happiest people aren't focused on happiness. Instead, they focus on getting absorbed into a meaningful activity and into a flow state, which ultimately creates their happiness. Similarly, the most profitable companies aren't profit-oriented. In line with that, I actually noted down a quote from the book, which I wanted to share with you guys, and it comes from Pfizer. We try never to forget that medicine is for the people. It is not for the profits. The profits follow. Oh, wait, sorry. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to restate this. Sorry, I think I butchered the first word or two. But anyways, we try never to forget that medicine is for the people. It is not for the profits. The profits follow. And if we have remembered that, they have never failed to appear. What I take out of that and want to share with you guys is looking beyond the obvious opportunities for growth and instead growing as individuals through indirect measures, one of which can be our diet. We often think of personal development as this massive endeavor, but it's a gradual process. Essentially, our growth as individuals happens one choice at a time and one habit at a time. The compound effect is what ultimately determines the kind of person we develop into, which is why it's so critical to consciously reach and 
for habits and behaviors, no matter how irrelevant and small they seem, which allow us to push the needle forward, even if it's 1%. Heck, even if it pushes the needle 0.01%, that still beats 0%. On that note, I've been intentionally using my diet as a way to grow personally and also manifest more intentionally, which sounds kind of crazy since we tend to think that personal development only happens as a result of workshops, books, coaching programs, and podcasts. When we think of manifesting, practices like visualization, meditation, and gratitude come to the forefront. And while they are all absolutely effective tools, there are various others that can help too. Ultimately, manifesting is a feelings game. We attract whatever we are feeling, no matter what the source of that feeling is. When we are feeling energized, happy, fulfilled, abundant, and satisfied, we will receive more reasons to feel these emotions. On the contrary, when we are feeling angry, exhausted, burnt out, stressed, fearful, or sad, we will receive more reasons to feel these uncomfortable emotions. So that breakfast bowl of Cocoa Pops that left you feeling exhausted mid-morning once the sugar high wore off, it's likely going to hamper your productivity. The liter of water you started your morning with that left you feeling amazing, chances are you're going to only build momentum on that stellar start to your day. Similarly, the scoop of ice cream that left you on cloud nine, amazing. But if you're feeling guilty by that choice, that constricted energy is going to trickle into other areas of your life. That's why when it comes to eating, both what we're eating and how we're eating in terms of our emotional state while eating and after eating both matter. With that in mind, you can actually use your diet as a way to manifest better by choosing foods that leave you feeling energized, happy, and satisfied both mentally and physically. A huge crux of this need to be flexible with your diet is to be flexible with your diet and constantly asking yourself, what do I need right now to thrive? What is going to leave my mind and body feeling at its best? As someone who is quite type A and thrives on routine, this took me a huge amount of time to get my head around and just to grasp the idea that my diet needed to constantly change up if I wanted to feel my best all around. Rather than put labels on my diet and limit, limit myself to a certain way of eating, now it's more a case of making choices that allow me to continuously thrive. And it keeps changing depending on what stage of life I'm in and what my body seems to need. As I mentioned at the start of the podcast, one particular change I've made to my diet over the last few weeks has been to stay off refined sugar. Coming from the girl who always held on to the story that I need to end my meal with something sweet, I'm feeling incredible, both mentally and physically. Before I dive into this, I want to preface this by saying that there is nothing wrong with consuming sugar in moderation. I'm all for it. I wholeheartedly believe that regardless of what your goals are, there's always room for sugar in a healthy diet. I mean, I've lost over 35 kilos eating chocolate daily and have helped countless clients around the world do the same. So the last thing I want this podcast episode to do is leave you thinking that you need to give it up to. Long story short, I attended my cousin's bachelorette party a few weeks ago, which let's just say involved plenty of Ladarak chocolate and tequila soaked sour strips. Although both delicious at the time, I woke up the next morning in a massive sugar coma and so decided to avoid it for the upcoming week. I could literally feel my body begging for a bit of a break. At the risk of sounding like a stereotypical health nut, all I wanted by the end of it was a whole bunch of vegetables and water. Fortunately, two other friends felt the same, so we decided to hold ourselves accountable and stay clear of refined sugar for the next seven days. 
The week flew by, and given how great we all felt and how easy it seemed, we decided to prolong the goal for another seven days, and then another seven days. And by the time this episode is out, it would have been just over three weeks, and let's see how much longer we stick to it. Or in other words, let's see how much longer it takes till something looks delicious enough for us to reach for, or our bodies communicate a craving. I know I'm going to get questions about what we did to stay off refined sugar in terms of how we managed to do it pretty effortlessly. So stay tuned for part two of this episode. I'm going to break down the exact steps and measures which I truly felt feel led to our success till date. And while telling people that I've given up sugar might lead to comments like, ah, have you lost any weight? Truth be told, I have absolutely no idea. I really don't weigh myself anymore. My clothes fit better and I feel leaner, but I'm not going to discount the efforts I've been making in other areas of my diet and exercise regime by saying it's because I'm not consuming refined sugar. At least that's not the only reason. However, what I can tell you is that in these last few weeks, I feel like I've gained a shit ton of discipline. I'm reminded by what I'm capable of when I decide on a goal for myself. I have even more proof of how strong my mindset is and that I can choose a new narrative whenever I want. Like I mentioned earlier, I used to always hold on to the story that I need to have chocolate every day. And don't get me wrong, I still love chocolate. I always will. But now I know that I don't necessarily need it to the same degree I thought I did. And if I can change my story in that area, what's stopping me from dropping other stories in my life that I'm holding on to yet aren't necessarily serving me? And this ties in with what I was talking about earlier about indirect solutions. While on face value, our diets seem to have no relation to, let's say, our careers. And if we want to become more disciplined in the workspace, the obvious solution would be to turn off social media notifications or create a daily schedule. And while both can obviously help, this increased level of discipline I've gotten from my diet is inevitably going to affect how I show up in other areas of my life, including work. Another way in which I'm indirectly working on my discipline muscle is through my workout schedule. For the last six weeks or so, I've been going for an F45 class five or six times a week. For those of you who aren't aware of F45, it's a 45-minute group workout class that focuses on functional training. I can't recommend it enough in terms of effectiveness and fun. No matter what fitness level you're at, you can always tailor the exercise moves accordingly. And on a side note, F45 should really be paying me royalties because I have given them so much free PR. But no, honestly, if you have an F45 class near you, you got to try it out. It's just so addictive in the best possible way. Anyways, up until recently, I used to sign up for the 9.30 a.m. class. There's also a 7.30 a.m. class that some of my friends go to, but that would mean getting up at 6 a.m. I'm not going to lie. I'm a morning person, but even that's early for me. Anyways, a couple of weeks ago, I decided to sign up for one of the 7.30 a.m. classes because I couldn't make any other class that day. Once the class was over, I was on a major endorphin high, expected, obviously, but by the afternoon, I was wiped out. I was so tired. However, taking a class two hours earlier almost afforded me two extra hours of productivity in the day because I was forced to get out of bed. After that, I started signing up for more 7.30 a.m. classes, and getting up at 6 a.m. gradually became easier. It's like anything in life. The first time you come out of your comfort zone, it's difficult, but do it long enough and you only expand your comfort zone. In other other words, what used to feel uncomfortable is now your new norm. In the process, I'm also training my brain to seek long-term growth rather than immediate gratification. And so at the time, while that extra hour in the bed feels great, 
the rewards of getting more time in my day and what I'm able to actually achieve in those extra two hours will be far more satisfying in the long run. Now, going back to what I was talking about at the start of, about the concept of obliquity and finding indirect opportunities and ways to grow as a person and even manifest more for yourself. So when it comes to manifesting and developing as a person overall, we'd be so much better off if we started thinking outside the box when it comes to ways in which we can raise our energy and improve character traits that are desirable and will serve us tenfold, no matter what stage of life we find ourselves in. So whether you're a student in a relationship, starting a business, parenting, or whatever, skills and character traits like consistency, reliability, courage, discipline, faith, and so forth are always going to serve you. And while we tend to trivialize the concept of self-confidence, self-confidence is nothing more than the ability to trust yourself. When you constantly set goals for yourself, no matter how big or small, and you actually see those goals through, your level of self-confidence will naturally go up. While we're conditioned to believe that the way we feel about ourselves depends on a number on the scales or how we look, so much of our self-confidence stems from our belief in our own abilities, our own skills, and our own experience. Where your, level self, sorry, where your level of self-confidence stems from is irrelevant in the long run. But you can trust that every goal you set and once again follow through with, despite whatever area of your life that goal is in, it's only going to add to how you show up in your life because everything starts with the way we feel about ourselves. I really hope this podcast is helping light bulbs in your mind go off right now. And I urge you to ask yourself, What do I need to work on the most right now? And what is one way in which I can do so? Ask yourself, where can I stretch myself? Where can I foster more discipline? Where can I come out of my comfort zone? I think it was Tony Robbins who said this, but he said that the quality of our lives is determined by the quality of questions we ask ourselves. So we just got to start asking ourselves better questions. I'm going to repeat these that I said a few minutes ago. What do I need to work on the most right now? What is one way in which I can do so? Ask yourself, where can I stretch myself? Where can I foster more discipline? Where can I come out of my comfort zone? And remember to think outside the box because how you do one thing is how you do everything. If you constantly find ways, no matter how big or small, to come out of your comfort zone and stretch yourself daily, when the big stuff in life shows up that require you to do so, your brain won't freak out as much. You won't be doubting yourself as much. It'll also be a lot easier to move forward. When you face, let's say, a certain project in the future which requires you to show up with discipline, you already have that muscle working in your favor. And as always, I'd love to hear from you. So send me a DM on Instagram at kushpu.kway and let me know one character or skill or multiple your choice, no pressure, but let me know at least one character trait or skill you are going to work on and how you plan to do so. And once again, think outside the box because going with that concept of obliquity, the solutions we're looking for lies in the indirect measures that we tend to ignore. Thank you so much for listening to the Fit and Fulfilled podcast. If you have an extra minute, I'd so appreciate if you could head over to iTunes and leave this podcast a five-star review. In doing so, it helps other people receive this message so they can also go to the next level in their wellness journey. I'd love to connect with you. So please let me know what your biggest takeaways are in this episode and tag me on Instagram at kushku.kway in your social media post or DM me to help me serve you better and create more content that you can resonate with. I'll see you next week, but in the meanwhile, I'm sending you so much love and goodbye.